Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man on the Post podcast. Yes, that's right, I'm Ross. I'm back for one week only. And with me, as ever, is Adam. Hello. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, good. Lovely job. He's been popping up on the Thursday show recently, trying to... What was it you described it as? Drop some grenades on the table. Just throwing grenades around, yeah. <laughs> stop the, stop that, the weekly loving that is Extra Time podcast. And also with me this week is... You may have heard him a couple of times before. It's uh, Andy. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad, Ross. How you doing? Yeah, can't complain. No more than usual, anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. You, uh, you, you had a, a nice win for Rangers yesterday, and you've got Arsenal playing today, so can they make yeah, it to that too? Absolutely not. Rangers and Arsenal never win in the same weekend, so <laughs> Southampton are probably going to get themselves out of the bottom three today. <laughs> so good, good for you, Southampton fans out there. I, I, do, I do have a little bet on Southampton to win today as well. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so yeah, I've um, as Adam said before we start recording, I've watched a little bit of football this week, and I've been so entertained by it that we thought let's do a podcast quickly. Also, that and the fact that the rest of the Sunday guys can't really record this week, but that's got nothing to do with this. <laughs> I'm here to talk about the thrilling, thrilling Merseyside derby. It finished nil nil. Both teams didn't really look too bothered about trying to win the game. Everton gave a, a, a little push in the last uh, five ten minutes. Could have had a, a, a goal from uh, Tossan with a, a cracking ball across the box from Leighton Baines, just out of his reach. And then Theo Walcott put some longer studs on, mate, because you just kept falling over. Calvin Lewin could, uh, could have scored probably two as well. Yeah, I thought he did a, a fantastic job as a defensive winger in this game. He was helping out Baines more than he was actually attacking. It, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a nice, it's, it's a role on FM that I've never used, and I might actually have to invest some time in this in the future because it seems to work quite well. Yeah. I would say that that that, perform, that that last sort of ten minutes was very strange because nothing says um, we're really going to go and try and win this game like bringing on a nineteen-year-old holding midfield player for his, <laughs> to make his debut. Yeah, he looks right. He got a bit excited when he got near the box. A, a wild shot that went nowhere near anything, but. <laughs> Saw the lights. Yeah. Did you watch this, Andy? Uh, I watched the highlights on Match of the Day this morning. So, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, Liverpool made a number of changes. They've mm. obviously got, uh, well, let's be honest, it's not even just one eye, it's both eyes on uh, Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. um, so, the fact that Everton, yet again, still couldn't either score or win probably says more about Everton than it does that Liverpool at this uh, point in the season. But, yeah, just a, a, a poor game all round. Absolutely. I'm intrigued to know how long the highlights were. 
Yeah. Um, well, it was last on match of the day, which wow. I think normally tells you. Wow. Yes. Um, you know, I can't remember the last time. match of the day. Ahead of yeah. games like Watford Swan, uh, West Brom Swansea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, oh. So, yeah, it was it was very poor. Highlights were about, I think, four minutes maximum. Um, yeah, Liverpool just looked like they would rather have been anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't put out their strongest lineup. I mean, nice to see Danny Ings get some game time and run about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would you also yeah. say it's like, it's like the least Merseyside derby you've ever seen, though? Yeah, I like, texted you and I said, what's going on? Only only nineteen fouls by across the whole game, zero yellow cards. Yeah, that really got on my nerves. This is a <laughs> derby. Why is no one frying in? I think um, it took a Seamus Coleman. Especially, especially when it's like it's wet and slippy. Come on. Yeah. And it was Michael Keane with about fifteen minutes to go. Went flying into someone and won the ball at the same time. So I didn't foul someone and got up and go went and got it again off someone else. And that kind of got everyone going. But yeah, not one yellow card in the Merseyside derby. I am disappointed. <laughs> um, Rooney got. Roundly slagged off on Twitter by everyone. I think that was watching this game. Was he that bad? But just it's the second successive game he's been pulled off after fifty-five minutes. Yeah, or whatever. Um, I just think it takes a very certain. You need to have very certain players alongside him for him to be able to play in a midfield role. Yeah. When you're playing him, well, I think maybe when you're playing Rooney anywhere now, but specifically if you're playing him in midfield, mm. he's probably the definition of a luxury player. Yes. I mean, he's, he's being brought off, and uh, Adrissa Gay is the guy that's coming on. Ideally, you'd have him next to him, wouldn't you? Why is Adrissa Gay not starting a Merseyside derby? Yeah, I mean, that is exactly what you want. If you stick him next to Rooney, that's your, your solidity, and then Rooney can go and... In, in, case, in case Sam's unaware, we do not have a Champions League <laughs> midweek. Um, I think I think the, the the main problem with Rooney is just how ineffectual he is nowadays. It's not even he mm. still runs about. You know, we know he still has ability, but it's just when he gets the ball, he's doing nothing with it nowadays. Um, it's it's sad to see just how much of a cliff he's dropped off compared to other players and has kind of age bracket. Um, I completely agree with you in terms of dropping off. I just wonder whether he's, there's no doubt he's becoming effectual, but whether that would change if he was alongside, he, he could play in that midfield player and just give the ball to players who were a lot better. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think, as I said, I think in terms of the abilities that Wayne Rooney does have, it is far more suited to a midfield role now than he was five, six years ago. Who do you, who do you play around him, though? I mean, it's like you said, at this point, he's almost, he, he does fall into the category of luxury player um, because you need to put in other players who essentially complement him rather than him be the almost like the crown jewel of yeah. that that midfield. It's um, yeah, it's difficult to see a, a kind of long term future at this point for for Rooney at a, at a good Premier League club. Yeah, I could see. I don't know why, but I could see him bouncing around the lower end of this league for a couple of seasons. When he does leave Everton, he's going to kind of just go to go to clubs that are kind of. Need a bit of firefighting in kind of just kind of like I can maybe get a few goals or I can come in and play in a bit of midfield. He's I don't think he's just going to retire gracefully or go to America. I think he's just going to bounce around for a bit. Yeah, uh, I think I I think he'll retire gracefully. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I don't think he wants to play for anyone else other than Manchester United or Everton. So I think that... That's fair. I can respect that. I think at, at 33, at the, end of his next, at the end of his contract, at the end of next year, mm. I think you could very much see him. I, I, he might go off and do America, but I think he'd only go if he could go and play for what was maybe considered one of the, the glamour teams in um, MLS, as it were. I like going to play but, out front with Zlatan. Exactly, that's what I mean. Like the LA Galaxy, the one of the prestige locations, if not the. <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't totally rule out the one season in Turkey that most Premier League strikers seem to go through towards the end. <laughs> when does when does that FC Miami start up? <laughs> uh, I I think that is is it end of next season. I think so. There we go. There we go. He is their marquee <laughs> opening day. Sign in. <laughs> oh goodness! Thirty-five <laughs> year old Wayne Rooney, but then I mean, Zlatan's still doing it. I love, I love his goal. Um, <laughs> I game. want to point out that um, but, but, but Wayne Rooney and Zlatan Ibrahimovic are very different physical creatures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although I did like Zlatan saying, "I wasn't going to run with that ball. That's why I shot from forty-five yards." <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> I don't even want to pitch seven minutes, but yeah, I'm yeah. too tired already. I'm not running. Yeah. Zlatan and Rooney have very different definitions of the word chip. One point, uh, I think Alan Smith made during the game on commentary that this Everton team is going to need a lot of, not not investment as such, but it it needs rejigging. It needs fresh impetus from places. He said the back line is ageing, which is harsh on Michael Keane and even Seamus Coleman, who's four years younger than me. But not, but, not harsh, but not harsh on the other options like Ashley Williams, <laughs> True. Uh, Jackie Elka, Leighton Baines. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all getting on, but Baines still looks effective in what he, can, what he does. Uh, Jackie Elka, as they have to call him now, apparently, he looked... He, he did all right against Mane. That's, that's a tough yeah, call. he does. Right. Sometimes he looks like he's holding in there, and other times he looks like he's 52. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think... Obviously, Big Sam is not going to be here next year. Oh, thank fuck, well, I hope. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he has a contract for next year, he's let's got hope. He's a big, fat contract, yeah. Um, he's getting paid handsomely. I can't see him walking away. Do you think they're going to hand him loads of money to kind of <laughs> refresh this team? Or No, I think they'll get rid of him, and I think that um, he's still... I think uh, I was reading some stuff on Twitter about how... Basically, he's been hated by Everton fans ever since the first derby where he came in for, yeah. where he just put out this ultra-defensive team, got got the draw and shut up shop. And you can't do that in a Merseyside derby. And oh, like, yeah. He was the lack of, about it, wasn't he, as well? Yeah. And the lack of ambition in this in this one, I think, is just... He's doubled down. Yeah. Like you said, that... That the team that Liverpool put out there, like like Andy says, with two two eyes on the Champions League, was there for the taking yep. to to win the their first their first derby of this decade. Uh, yeah, yeah, that will derbies are derbies are what live long in the memory for for fans, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. and people people will remember that. I think that he has got the backup of nearly every Everton fan there is, and I think that it, the. The atmosphere there's sometimes bordering on toxic. I'm, I'm curious to know, I don't know what the the setup is at Everton because I mean I think 
the one thing, the the one positive I think that Everton fans can take something over the last couple of months is that Cenk Tossin looks like a pretty good signing. But he also, to me, doesn't strike me as a Sam Allardyce signing. Is he in charge of of transfers at the club? No, because St- Steve Walsh is still there, the former um, Leicester director. Of- yeah, it, it does make me wonder, you know, Sam obviously maybe has a number of players there that he wouldn't necessarily choose to work with. He has a style it's generally effective. I think you're right. I don't think Everton's the job for him. I think Everton's probably, in fact, I don't think probably, he's definitely the biggest club he's managed. Oh, yeah. um, and it just strikes me a level too high for him. Um yeah, so I I I think if they have the opportunity to get rid of him, he'll be he'll be gone. Uh, Klopp, Klopp said the point was okay. Um, I'm sure he's I'm sure he was quite happy with the point and not really having to expend too much effort and came away with no injuries or no suspensions. So. I think well, I did, someone got suspended, didn't they? Um, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of another game. No. Um, yeah, he must have to come away with that when you saw the conditions that they were faced with, especially in the first half, I know it sort of dried up in the second, yeah. that the, the injury risk there must have, must have been terrifying yes. for him. <laughs> yeah, especially playing, starting with Danny Ings as well, the walk yeah. injury. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that was the Merseyside derby. It was uneventful for Merseyside derby. It's disappointing. Um, some other scores around the league, Bournemouth drew 2-2 with Palace, Brighton drew 1-0 with Huddersfield, and uh, West Brom drew 1-0 with Swansea. All games that kind of matter at the bottom of the table and nothing changed thanks for those draws Newcastle beat Leicester so that's Newcastle are safe now aren't they 38 points yeah I've, I'm, I must admit I'm quite happy for Rafa Benitez because yeah. I think he's been sold down the river by Mike Ashley <laughs> perhaps unsurprisingly <laughs> and continues to turn in good results however that all ultimately could work against him because you're now facing a situation where Mike Ashley turns around at the end of the season well <laughs> Here's, here's what you did about spending any money. <laughs> I'm not giving you any this uh, summer either. Yeah, go and do it again. Yeah. Yeah, seems like bad for planning for Mike Ashley, but yeah. <laughs> is that not, is this not uh, something approach? I know that people will talk about um, Sean Dyche and obviously Pep Guardiola, but this is somewhere approaching like manager of the season performance, yeah. isn't it? I mean, he's been, what, £5 million on Hosselu and that's really the extent of their spending this year. Getting Kennedy in was a masterstroke, but they are banging mid-table. The, their goal difference is only minus eight. That's that's a really, really good job. Because you've got players there that are banging on the door of England, call up as well. people like Jamal Lascelles should definitely be in there. I'm not on the, the John Joe Shelby for England train, but... But he's got a game in hand on Everton, and if he wins that, he's about there above them on goal difference. So wow. Yeah, I mean, they've got a top eight. Uh, defensive record in the league. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's kind of been Rafa's MO for most of his career, but again, considering some of the players he's working with, maybe not in defence, I agree, I think their defence is, is pretty impressive, but you know, some of the defensive options in midfield and so on mm. are, 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 let's be honest, quite average. Yeah. And but that, that defence, sorry, that, that defence is, is it, are they brilliant players or are they, are they fantastically coached? I think, yeah, yeah, coached, certainly. I mean, Yedlin, Lascelles, Dummett, and I can't even say the other guy, Lejeune. I mean, Lascelles aside, he's fantastic. The other three are very workmanlike 
Premier League defenders, but together they're, they're making a great team. And having uh, Mo Diami in front of them as well, he's not a, not going to set the world on fire, but he's a, a solid defensive midfielder. And there's just, again, just not a lot of money spent there. No, yeah. looking at that team, there's not a lot of money spent in there at all. I mean, Richie cost them a few, a few pennies, so did Shelby, but that, that wasn't anywhere recently. The winning games with Jose Perez and Dwight Gale up front. He's <laughs> doing a very good job. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's Newcastle definitely safe. Uh, I think 10 points is should be enough for this late stage of the season. Uh, Burnley beat Watford 2-1. Burnley's bubble has burst slightly this year, but they're still in seventh. Is that a, a Europa League? You say, that, you say that, but they've won four games in a row now. True, yeah. I mean, they, they're kind of... They were almost stupidly being talked about as Champion League team early in the season when they were right out there, but... They've made a £22 million profit this season. They're in seventh still. They're on a nice little run. If Arsenal lose today to Southampton, they're two points off Arsenal. Damn. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and, a, and that, a, with that tip you over the edge, if Burnley finished above you this season, is that, that's got to be the end for Arsenal. Oh, I, I, was, I, was, I was tipped over the edge a long time ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, Burnley finishing above, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd actually quite like to see that one because I, I do like to see kind of smaller teams doing well. Mm. Um, Burnley, another example, a fantastic defence. I mean, only Man City, Man United and uh, Spurs have conceded less than them this season, um, which is obviously why, you know, Burnley have a couple of defenders in the England squad. Um, Arsenal, yeah, that's... We'll come on to Arsenal (laughs) quickly before we finish. Burnley have got a nice problem to have, though, in that Nick Pope has played so well in his backup role that he's in the England squad, and Tom Heaton's due to come back, who was pushing for that England number one jersey. So that's a bit of an issue for the summer for them. Is it? They're going to get paid. Well, yeah, they're making some money for for an MO like Burnley have. That's a is a very nice problem to have. English goalkeeper in the England that's squad. Selling goalkeeper to Arsenal. That is a ton of money they're going to, <laughs> they're going to receive from one of those two, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing okay. Watford, kind of, their season finished in... in early on this year and they've just kind of been safe ever since they've got one point less than Newcastle at this stage which has kind of flown under the radar slightly they're now 12th they're below Bournemouth as well yeah okay. I think they are they are fortunate that the, the teams in the kind of bottom three or four are, are, are as bad as they are mm. um, they had a decent start of the season obviously Richarlison made a really good start for them Pereira's been consistent throughout the season obviously scored yesterday but um mm. Yeah, they're another team who'll need to invest in the summer or they might they might find themselves in another relegation battle. Yeah. Uh, You're burying the lead here, Russ. When are we going to talk about West Brom's new manager bounce? <laughs> well, they got a point. I mean, Pardew <laughs> was great at getting draws. It was that well, didn't Pardew complain wins. that um, um, what's-his-face stole his new manager bounce by getting a draw? <laughs> um, Megson. Yeah. yeah. So it's happened again. I love I love Pardew. I've long held a love for Pardew and his his chaotic way of management. Yeah. Again, I don't know when Southampton's game in hand is, but if they if they win it before West Brom play again, West Brom could get can be relegated next week. Wow. Or when they play next, at least the second week of April. West Brom could be done. Yeah, we said to Andy before he came on. They've got three wins this season, twelve draws. Um. And 18 losses. That's those 12 draws. That's just terrible. Three three wins in a I season. I think they've they also thrown away... I, I can't remember when I heard this now, but they had thrown away the most points from a winning position. So they get ahead and, and draw their games as well. <laughs> and I get, 
draws are, draws are the thing that, that kind of confused this whole issue because, you know, I'm guessing, if I was to guess, I would guess that maybe half of those draws have come away from home where you come out of those games thinking, well, we picked up a point, yeah, that's fine. Good, when yeah. you combine it with all the other draws, that's when you start to see the, the issues. And, um, yeah, they've, they've quickly been cut adrift at the bottom now. They've got a new chief exec. Um, I don't know why we spend so long on West Brom, but they've got a new, a new chief exec <laughs> who's been shocked at the state of their finances. Apparently, how can a team that's in the Premier League been in the Premier League for this long now as well? Jenkins said there is no money for wages, and the club will need its first overdraft in more than ten years. That's... Also, also not one of those clubs you think of paying huge transfer fees, is it? Yeah, where's the where's this money gone? Sky give you. An incredible amount of money every season to be in the Premier League and baffling, absolutely baffling. That is. I want to point that on gossip column today on BBC Sport. They are being linked with Sam Allardyce, though. So <laughs> he's a, he's a man to get you out of the Championship. He's done that once, well, twice. Yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, he's not Warlock at least. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, funnily enough, I was talking about Neil Warnock on, on Twitter the other week and says that Neil Warnock is a fantastic championship manager. Neil Warnock, when he signs a, a new contract with a championship club, should have a clause in that they're allowed to sack him for nothing when he gets them promoted to the Premier League <laughs> because he's a fantastic championship manager. He's a dreadful Premier League manager and that's as far as he should be allowed to go. See, the one, the one thing that everyone overlooks when they talk about Warnock and his championship record is he almost took Leeds down. He, <laughs> he resigned before um, the end of that season. And the form we were in, we finished, I think, 16th or 17th that season. Yeah. No one remembers that. Fair enough. So you, didn't, a... you, didn't go, you didn't go down. What are you worried about? No, exactly. We just didn't go fucking up, though, <laughs> did we? Which was the point. <laughs> we were in sixth place when he took over. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Let's get... Sorry, Rob. That's all right. Uh, can, we, can we talk about the real lead now? Yes. Uh, it should all be wrapped up, but it isn't, thanks to Paul Pogba, two goals in two minutes, and then unlikely hero Chris Smalling from Man United. Um, Pogba's goals, I mean, City took a 2 lead, company and Gundogan scoring the goals early on for Man City, but Pogba's second goal. Was no, the... no, sorry, you've gone too far. Well, let's talk about how amazing Man City were in that first half. Because <laughs> it, it, you need to talk about that to, sh- to really juxtapose it with how good Manchester United were in that second half because the words, words that were being used by Graham Sooners at halftime were lost at sea, thrown in the towel. <laughs> they were being cut apart. It felt like a and, massive anti-climax, didn't it? At one point, Gary Neville talking about being able to drive buses between their centre-half <laughs> as, as Raheem Sterling goes running through. Him playing little toe-poked... On two occasions, he played playing little toe-poked balls to Gundogan who scored one and... and um, Missed one chance. They could have been five nil up, I think, at half time. Yeah. Uh, Sterling, a... Sterling could have scored two and Gundogan should have scored the header. Mm. Yeah. With the with the uh, World Cup coming up, I thought it was very nice of Raheem Sterling to channel the spirit of Theo Walcott. <laughs> <laughs> Went clean through on goal again. It brought back happy memories. <laughs> but yeah. they, they, were, they were phenomenal. Pep was jubilant and they should have had it all wrapped up. Yeah. And then it came back to bite them on the ass because whatever Marina said to them at half-time worked incredibly well. They looked a different team second half. 
Uh, Otamendi obviously had been paying attention to what Man, City, uh, Man United centre backs were doing, but just letting Pogba just run past him. Well, I couldn't have again. Sorry, just quick about that. I couldn't have enjoyed. But I watched the game with um, with uh, my best friend, and we had the noises we made when um, Vincent Company left Smalling on his ass again <laughs> in a carbon copy of the goal from five years ago. Yeah, was was just fantastic. So well, once you get from that, and then them coming out of half time, and what was it within five minutes? Pogba scored that first goal. Yeah, fiftieth minute. Uh, yeah, um, and just. The football from Manchester United immediately in that second half was was glorious. Yeah. Um, that the, the chest pass by um, by Andrew Herrera in, into Pogba's path, and I seen um, David Priest on Twitter started and uh, uh, today talking a little bit, and he was like saying, "Oh, um, really minor point. Maybe you could criticise Edison for going going down too early," and then sort of. In the debate he's having with people when he's mentioned some people saying yeah you, you you probably could but maybe I think that really you've got to to give the credit for the composure to uh yeah. to Pogba for for what letting him get in that position and he eventually conceded that point and I think you really do have to give the credit to Pogba yeah and my favorite thing about Pogba after that goal was all the fuss that had been happening during the week all, all the talk all the chat I think that for him to have scored that goal, Manchester United to still have been two one down. I think to have watched him maybe run and celebrated with the fans or do something, I think you probably could have slightly forgiven him for that. But he didn't. He ran straight after the ball. Yeah. To try and get back in the game, which had been booted right off right off the pitch by I think Edison. It, it, I think United was knee like a little snide. Yeah, he smacked it down to the corner flag, didn't he? And yeah, uh, yeah, Pogba went straight down and got it and went, got back on. And then two minutes later, scored again. <laughs> um, We've one of the best headers I've seen this season. Brilliant header. Absolutely header. Out of the top draw. It's unbelievable. And also, this is a derby game. 11 yellow cards. More like it. Yeah. <laughs> and that ball from Alexis Sanchez as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Sanchez. It, it, this is incredibly frustrating, having watched Man United this season just bore the tits off of people with <laughs> some of the worst football I've seen. But effective, nonetheless. Yeah. You can do this all the time. Just do I'd, it. I'd be involved in what I would say is the game of the season. Yeah. Andy, what do you think, looking on from a... Yeah, I, I, firstly, I think you're right about Pogba. I think, considering the criticism that a lot of it here is rightly taken mm. this season, when he plays well, that he needs the equal praise for that. And I thought he was great yesterday. I thought he, was, uh, he drove United forward. Um, so the runs he made for both goals were, were fantastic. It shows what happens when you play him in the right position, yeah. which I think has been a big part of the problem this season. Um, City, I think, will probably still be wondering how they've thrown this away. I, I, you will see a lot of people talk about bottling it. I think I mentioned it in the in the, the group chat. I said we, we need to talk about City bottling it. That's yeah. probably a little unfair. I think that's maybe been taken in, in combination with what happened during the week. Yeah, but a tough but, week. They had plenty of chances to win it. They had plenty of chances to get back in. They were deprived two penalties um, because there was the Ashley Young challenge. Oh, yeah. And then then there was a handball in the box as well. A handball in the first half. So when I said it was 5-0, I don't think that one's a penalty because uh, because he's he's on the floor. Like, the ball's hit his hand on the floor and he's trying to head it. I can see... I wouldn't have any complaints, though, if it was given. But the second one is a... a, uh, 
is a penalty and a red card all day. Yeah, I mean, even Gary yeah. Neville was admitting that. It was an awful challenge. Like, he completely got away with it. Martin Atkinson wasn't even in a bad position to see it. He was, And his linesman was on that side as well. Yeah. Um, I, to what Andy just said, Pogba actually talked about that himself in the post-match um, media duties he did, saying about how, how difficult it is for him to make those runs when he's playing as a two. Mm. Um, but... He just, yeah, just absolutely changed the game. I think that uh, you, you talk about Man City bottling it. I a little bit tongue in cheek to um, a, a Man United fan from from work told me it was the best game ever, and I suggested he could watch the replay of it on Crime Watch because it was an. <laughs> yeah, again, I think you know City will probably look back at that and think it's inexplicable that they they didn't win the game. You know, I have no concerns that they're going to drop the league title. Uh, I, I'm sure they will get back in track. I think, again, just taking in combination with how how easily Liverpool kind of dispatched with them during the week um, probably contributed to a, a little bit of overreaction for myself at the time. The one thing I would say is that the, you can now look at this and say that the only times Manchester City have lost games this season is when teams actually go out and genuinely have a go at them. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, Liverpool attacked from the first minute and reaped the benefits. Man United changed up their formation. <laughs> attacked from, attack from the 45th minute. Yeah, <laughs> uh, three goals in the second half. Um, it's been it's been City's problem all season, is the fact that most teams pay them a lot of respect, rightfully so, but mm. when teams don't pay them that respect, City find it a little more difficult to deal with. Yeah, I think it's a tough situation for a manager to be in, isn't it? Because you want to, you know, that the way to get at them is to get at them, and you can beat them that way. But if you do that and you get it wrong, you get smashed six 0 like they've done to but, a couple of teams this season. Yeah, but yeah, I think you you should take note from what Jurgen Klopp said um, <clears throat> before the Pep's head as well. By the way, is he? Yeah, he is yeah. absolutely. But Klopp said before the the Champions League game was that if you try and play like. Perhaps like Rafa did when Newcastle played mm. them and got absolutely abused off the pitch by Gary Neville on commentary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that you're just waiting to try and win the lottery. You're yeah. waiting for them to miss chances and miss chances and hope that you get get one. Whereas you have uh, Klopp's philosophy of going for it. Like he's he's going to win some, you're going to lose some. I think Klopp has a he's won something like was it seven in fourteen games against Guardiola, so yeah. 50 fifty. That that's be- apparently that's the next nearest is Mourinho. I heard on Football Weekly today, which is uh, um, four wins, but has played him twenty times. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. I, I just the other two 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 things quickly about the game was that um you had to feel after what I said about the the noises we were making about Chris Morley, <sighs> you had to feel feel a little bit of um, happiness for him that not only did he get to to make up for his mistake again. Um, to to be the hero, but he also got to do it with Vincent Company making a fool of himself, <laughs> getting drawn getting drawn across the Paul Pogba and leaving him in no man's land. Yeah. And did you hear Pep Guardiola taking Jeff Shoes to school after the game? No, I missed that. Ah, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> he asked asked him if he was unhappy about um about what happened, and Pep just went, "Sorry, what did did we not play well?" <laughs> so, just judging it by the result, he was like, oh, yeah, "I'm happy." Like. <laughs> And just Shrews just not knowing what to do. Yeah, just to come back to United very quickly, it's worth pointing out now that they are now on a they've now won the last five in a row in the league. So wow. for all the talk that they've been poor this season, they're rounding into form. And admittedly, 
it doesn't do them much good, you know. They're not in, they're not still in Europe, you know. They're they're they can't win the league title. I mean, they could, but they're they're not gonna. Yeah. Um, but it probably bodes well for next season for them. When I would definitely. expect probably. Yeah, they're they're almost definitely gonna finish. They're almost definitely gonna finish second. Um, and also Mourinho talked after the game about the teams they've beaten recently. Um, have they beaten? Did they beat Liverpool, Chelsea? Tottenham, they've beaten all of these teams around. Yeah. Yeah, I think now Man City are the only team you've beaten the other five in the top six. Wow. This season. Yeah. So it's, it's about sorting out those things about winning those games that you expect a Mourinho team to win. Yeah, he's lost maybe or drawn more of those this season than you would expect that in previous seasons he would have just dispatched with those without too much effort. Yeah, and perhaps you look at that and say, um, well, maybe a Manchester United with a, a settled in Alexis Sanchez or maybe another superstar attacking player, whether that's Gareth Bale or someone like that. Maybe that's the difference between winning these games. And sure, they might, they're still not going to play football like like we see Pep Guardiola's team playing. Yeah. But are they going to turn two or three of those those losses into wins and two or three of those those draws into wins and be a lot closer? Quite possibly. Yeah, they've got players like Martial that can't get a game at the minute. And Pogba, Martial, Sanchez, Lukaku, Lingard. It's not bad, is it? You've still got Juan Mata as well there. And Ander Herrera, who's uh, playing alongside Matic, does a really good job. So, yeah, there's not really any glaring weaknesses in that squad. They've just been stuck behind a, a City team that have destroyed all in their path up to this point this season. And they can't win the league next Next week, well, they can, but Man United would need to lose to West Brom. Um, yeah, they can't win it on Saturday, isn't it? They have to wait till Sunday. Yeah. Um, if West Brom beats Man United um, at Old Trafford. I mean, it didn't happen, but what a little stuck in my core a little bit was apparently that even if they had won yesterday, they weren't going to be presented with the trophy. Oh, really? Why? Why not? That should be at the, every game they go to now, just on standby ready. Yeah. You don't need a helicopter. There's no need for a helicopter this year. <laughs> no, Chelsea gave that thing back a long time ago. They've had no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not keeping this this year, have it? Um, so let's talk quickly about uh, Sunday's games. Arsenal play Southampton uh, in, a, in a minute for us, and then Chelsea are playing West Ham later. Arsenal coming to this on a, a, a well, a cracking win in midweek. And he must be happy with a four-one demolishing of uh, CSK Moscow. Uh, yeah, the only disappointment probably is the fact that it was only four. And should have put know, that game. Arsenal... Should have put that game to abs- absolutely to bed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the, the concern with Arsenal being Arsenal is that some of their away performances in Europe over the last two or three seasons have been abject. Um, so uh, another goal or two might have made me feel slightly more comfortable. But yeah, I mean, I've been listening to them talk on ESPN recently about how there's only two teams that should win uh, the Europa League, yeah. um, Arsenal or Atletico. That's probably right. Uh, those two are the kind of cream of the crop. But, yeah, Arsenal just, they, they give me the fear every time they step on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the upside to it is that you have got um, Akinfeyev in goal for, for Seska. So there's always that. You're probably, probably going to get that away goal. But... Yeah, that, that that game was bizarre. I watched it at a bar with my uh, with my friend, and Arsenal probably had ten clean cut chances to win that game. Yeah. But Seska probably had 
five to score. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, again, Arsenal's defending is just it's not good enough at the highest level, and they're always going to give teams chances. Now, granted, the only goal that that CSK did score was was from a pretty outstanding free kick. So from that, you could look at it and say job done, quite successful night for them. But team better teams than than CSK are are going to get chances and are much more likely to take them. And it's why Arsenal find themselves in the position they are in the league table. So playing Saints today, Saints in desperate need of a win. Adams said on Thursday that he fancies a, a, a Saints win in this game. Um, Arsenal's lineup have been released. In it. Have you seen it, Andy? Uh, I haven't yet. I did see a headline that said they were making something like seven changes, which is never great. Uh, yeah, checking girl Bellerin, uh, Callum Chambers, Mustafi, and Kalasanich, whatever his name is, uh, as his defence. And you've got Elneny, Xhaka, Iwobi, Nelson, uh, and Welbeck behind uh, Aramiang. Yeah, that's that doesn't bode well. I mean, look, <laughs> I think, I, I think. Um, I mean, sorry, injured. El- he can't play. Yeah, I've been quite impressed with El Nene at points this season. I think he's come on to a game. I think he's just signed a new contract for Arsenal. I think that's that's yeah. a decent move for them. I think he's he's probably played pretty well in that holding midfield role, but everyone else in that team is just too inconsistent. I do think they'll beat Southampton. Ross, you and I just talked before we came yeah. on there about the fact that Southampton are now kind of stuck in this malaise that a lot of mid-table teams get into mm. where you know they think, oh, we've lost a couple, but we'll be fine. And then next thing you know, they're on a 10 or 11 game winless <laughs> streak and find themselves dragged into the bottom three. And probably... Referring to Southampton yeah. as mid-table is very generous. <laughs> no, but I mean, in terms of where Southampton were kind of regarded... Where they should be, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a, a really poor season for them. You don't really see where a lot of goals are coming from. Gabby Adine has regressed uh, yeah, incredibly from where player. he was last season. Um, you don't see where else the goals are coming from in that team. Saints' I'm last not... top flight went at Arsenal, Andy, was in 1987. 1-0, uh, thanks for Leeds and Rangers legend Rod Wallace. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> so you're telling me I've just bet, I've bet on them to win and backed them on the podcast and they haven't won at Arsenal in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, they, they did win the League Cup at Emirates twice in your lifetime, 2014, 2016. Okay. We know what I'm feeling better now. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. He just needs to tell them it's the League Cup, not the League <laughs> Cup. Well, Arsenal's put a team out as if it's a League Cup, so we never know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chelsea are playing West Ham later on. Um, Chelsea have little to play for, don't they? They're kind of stuck in fifth place. Arsenal could catch them, and they could really catch they could catch Spurs in fourth if they really tried, but they're not going to, are they? No, that's um, Chelsea. For me. I, I was amazed that Chelsea ran away with the league last season because even from halfway through the season, I thought Conte was talking like somebody who would rather be anywhere else. <laughs> and that's So I was very surprised to see him start the season still as Chelsea manager. And I think their form throughout the season has, has spoken to that. I yeah. think he's tried his best to talk himself out of a job, hasn't he? Yes. And, yeah. uh, he, it's like when you, you keep pressing... Keep pressing continue on Football Manager and expect to get get that thing where it all changes and says you're sacked. Yeah, just waiting <laughs> for that sack message to pop yeah. up. And he, he just can't get it. <laughs> Spouting off in the media. Well, is it going to cost them a, a lot of money to sack him? Aren't they yes. just waiting for someone to come and take him away from them? 
Well, I think don't they have this weird situation where he's got a huge buyout clause in his contract? So for a team to approach him will cost them a fortune, right. but it costs Chelsea a fortune to sack him. So they want, they basically want him to, to quit, basically to find. They want him to find a um, someone he wants. Yeah. And yeah, to, to quit and take it, and they'll just like mutually let him go or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he probably ends up back at Juventus. Allegri's been mooted with a, a move. Yeah, I think I think that actually probably is what ends up happening. I think Allegri the, becomes Chelsea manager. Conte goes back there. The PSG job. The PSG job's an, a a funny one for me because I wonder about when you talk about Juve, whether mm. Juve would want him back. Um, because if you're Juventus and you've won how many Scudettos in a row, yeah. like winning the league is kind of what you do. But Conte has not shown himself to be a a Champions League manager. Hmm. No, he hasn't. And that point being proven even more by what Allegri's done since taking over from him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, West Ham on the flip side, they currently sit on 999 Premier League losses. Talking about a Champions League manager. Well, in, in the top flight anyway. Yeah, David <laughs> Moyes <laughs> has yet to win in a Premier League game away to Chelsea. Uh, drawing six, losing eight of his 14 top flight matches at Sanford Bridge. You think at the moment, depending on how this game goes, West Ham's the line where you think anyone above them safe, anyone below them could still get dragged in? Where are they sitting currently? They're 14th, 33 14th, points. 33 points. Yeah, that could look a lot different for them. If Saints do beat Arsenal, then suddenly that's closed right up on them. But I think, yeah, Brighton, are, Brighton should be safe above them in 13th. You just think that you, if you've got to get to 37, 38 points, Brighton have got to be able to pick up. Yeah. Three points in the next six games. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, can we see any any other result than Chelsea winning this? I mean, West Ham are going to go for it, but it should be a Chelsea win. Is it? Is it at, at Stamford Bridge? Yeah, it's at the bridge. Um, yeah, I can't see anything else. Moyes hasn't got a win in his last twenty nine away league games against the big six. <laughs> <laughs> Not the man for a crisis. No. <laughs> So there we go then. That is the Man on the Post podcast for this week. There's no uh, full Sunday show with Matt and James and whoever else they can find, Colin and someone else. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's a lot for this week. Uh, Chris, we'll be back on Thursday, Friday, whenever he records now. I think it's a Friday, wasn't Adam, this week? Friday. records on Friday, yeah. Oh, lovely. He uh, has a nice little crew there going. Adam seems to have joined them on a more full-time basis, so it's nice to hear. So okay. Yeah, it's good. It's nice. It's nice when uh, Justin's there as well because he calls Chris on a lot of his nonsense. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to call it nonsense because I want to be invited back. <laughs> I call it nonsense. You can't do anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you for joining us, Andy. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, uh, Adam. Thank you very much. As always. No worries. You can find us all on Twitter at Man on the Post. You can find Adam on Twitter at AdamSA101 and Andy at Saint Tyson. I can't remember if it was still that. You've changed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm Ross Bell 1984 uh, leave us a 5 star rate and review on iTunes if you get us from there if you get us from iCast just hit that follow button and as I'm pointing out they don't automatically download but they do automatically appear you just have to press one little button and uh, yeah. be on your phone I, I use iCast now because as much as I was going to enjoy bullying Ryan the um, the podcast app for Apple when I when they updated it last time, became unusable. Yeah, I don't use it either. I've got an iPhone, but I use uh, Pocket Casts. Uh... Don't tell Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what do you use to listen to podcasts? 
Uh, I'm still stupidly using the official podcast app for some reason, <laughs> although I do listen to this podcast through Acast. So yeah, definitely download Acast. There you go. Uh, thank you to Acast for hosting us. You're doing a great job. Not costing me a penny. <laughs> <laughs> so until uh, next week, it's goodbye from me, it's goodbye from Andy. Uh, thank you, see you later. And goodbye from Adam. Bye. And always remember to have your man on the post. <laughs>